Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Got a earlier today with John McConnell, CEO of Victoria Gold. And we talk about share price stacking and also outlook for 2021. If you want our thoughts on any of those topics, uh, the conversation in general today and the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. We can also find detailed company reports and analysis. There's also commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities exclusively for the club members. There's training courses to help you with your diligence process to make you a little bit better at spotting those red flags. And also there are summaries of other interviews that we have done to save you some time. And of course, you can join a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a very civil manner, free from abuse, trolling or judgment. Uh, So do go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. I think you'd like it. John, how are you doing, sir? Very good. How are you, Matthew? Not too bad. Long time. August. We spoke at the beginning of August. How have you been? Yeah, things are going pretty well. Uh, you know, COVID's still an issue, and uh, we're in the second wave here in British Columbia and the Yukon, but uh, we're working our way through it. Good, good, good. Good Christmas with the family? Yeah. I mean, we were in our little family bubble, you know, no grandparents, no aunts and uncles, no cousins, but uh, uh, it worked out fine. You, you, now, here's one. And you, you don't have to answer this, but you, great if you did. Do you, would you like it with the grandparents there or not like it with the grandparents there? <laughs> no. They're not watching. They're not watching. It's I've had, I've had friends say, best Christmas ever, you know, no in-laws. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I know my daughter misses her grandparents, Aww. so it would have been better with, with them. That's that's a great answer. Diplomatic. Um, well, look, um, <laughs> good, to, good to hear. So, right, we haven't spoken to you since August. A lot has happened since then. We're gonna we're gonna hit uh, a lot of the topics that you know we've had questions sent in on. So, um, appreciate you making the time for us first of all. Um, but before we do that, give me that one minute overview of the business, what it is, and then I'll start with that questioning, if I may. Sure. Uh- TSX listed company symbols VGCX. Um, you know, we're now a producing gold company. Our main asset is uh, Eagle in the Yukon. We've been producing gold for about a year. It's a heat bleach operation. So we're still in ramp up and getting in closer to steady state operations. But uh, you know, everything's uh, on track now. Okay. So there's a few things that I've, I've mentioned, a few things have happened with, you know, you've refinanced that, um, 200 bucks. Uh, we, we talked about your thoughts on whether you were going to or whether you, you weren't. We've got the Ryan has happened. But the, I think that the big thing that's happened, big thing that's noticeable to me was last time we spoke, you were at 17 bucks, almost on the nail, now down at just under 13. What's happened? Yeah, you know, uh, I think a little bit of the shine has come off of all public gold companies. That has a little bit of an impact. Um, But for us, the big thing is we stumbled in Q3 in terms of production and we missed our guidance. Why? What what happened? What was the problem? Yeah, it, uh, 
you know, partly it's related to COVID, partly it's related to ramp up. Um, you know, we found that the ore is more abrasive than we originally anticipated. Um, so that required making some design changes, uh, modifying liners and shoots and that sort of thing. And that was complicated by COVID because normally you'd bring in specialty contractors to help you with that kind of work. Um, because of COVID, we couldn't do it. So, you know, we had to rely on diagnosing issues via Zoom. So you can imagine that that's been to, uh, you know, take the laptop into uh, a crushing plant and try to show the guy on the other end where the problem is and try and work out a solution. Um, very difficult. So it was those, you know, a combination of things. But uh, the Yukon opened up the border in July, so we started getting those specialty skills on site uh, at the end of July. And, uh, you know, now the plant is running properly uh, and we had a great fourth quarter. So I think we just have to show the market that uh, quarter over quarter things are improving and, you know, we'll get a nice stable operation in uh, 2021 and uh, you know hopefully the share price uh, you know goes back to where it was in August. Okay so you, j just sticking on that okay so the ore was a little bit more abrasive than you realized what, what, what does that mean and what was the problem it caused and have you solved it? Yeah so you know in case of a liner that's in a chute for example that lines the chute you know, we would have anticipated that that liner would last, say, four months. In in actuality, we found out it was wearing out in two months. So, you know, we had to replace it more often, caused more downtime. The solution was go with a modif modify the chute, um, you know, so that you know, material isn't impacting the liners as directly and change the material that you use for liners. So go to a harder steel, go to a rubber, in some cases go to a ceramics, um, all standard, um, you know, things when you're dealing with ramp up, but very much complicated by COVID. Right. And how, how has that affected the bottom line? Is it just a case of it's obviously delayed things in Q3 and, you know, that you've missed guidance as a result, but it's, that doesn't, that's not an expensive process. It would just cost you time. Is that what you're saying to me? Yeah. No, it's time. And, uh, you know, there's obviously a direct correlation to the number of tons you put on the leach pad to the amount of gold you produce. So, you know, we uh, produced about 10,000 less ounces than anticipated in Q4, or not Q4, in second half overall. Right. And to the, to the question, which was, do you think you've sol completely solved the problem? Are you there yet? Um, I would say we're at about 80% there to solving these problems. Um, certainly the uh, first half of 2021, we'll continue to make changes in the plant and 
fine-tuned things, but the worst is behind us. And, uh, you know, if you look at our Q4 numbers, we were back on track. As a matter of fact, we had a great December. We stacked over a million tons on the pad. So, you know, it, it, things are going well. Fantastic. Well, actually, talk to me about that. You stacked over a million tons, which is, which is great. Talk to me about how you manage that process. Because, you know, Q1, it's a little bit nippy at where you are. It makes things, life a little bit difficult. And it makes things difficult when it comes to the, you know, leech kinetics. You know, how things flow through the, through the, the, the stack, right? So... How do you manage that? Do you have to try and get everything done in nine months and get an, you know, get your 12 months done in nine months? Or are you able to work somehow through the kind of Q1, the, the, the cold quarter? How do you manage things? No, you're, you're exactly right. Um, you know, as per the feasibility study, uh, the experience of Kinross at Fort Knox in Alaska uh, we won't be stacking on the pad for the three coldest months of the year. So in our case, January, February, March. Um, you know, and that's just being conservative. What you don't want to do is freeze a layer in the leach pad because then you won't get the solution penetrating through it. So we're going to be careful. Um, you know, we've got one winter under our belt now, and uh, we're partway through a second. And we think we can start reducing that non-stacking period and eventually get to year-round stacking. But we're going to be very careful. So, you know, we stopped stacking in early January, and we probably won't resume stacking until later in March when the weather warms up. Um so yes, that, that certainly has an impact. We continue to mine primary crush and stockpile material, and we continue to put solution on the pad and uh, leach gold. But because we're not putting fresh ore on, um, the production of gold will drop off over the next couple months, and then it'll pick back up in April, May. Okay, so so and bear with me because I just think so people find this interesting when they kind of get into this detail. So usually you've got a metallurgist who's sort of tinkering around the edges, and it it can take a while. It can take a year or two to kind of really perfect that hone hone it, so you get the sort of maximum uh, recovery possible. I mean, where do where do you think you're at? Do you think you understand the ore at the moment, the metallurgy at the moment? Well, I think we'll probably totally understand it 10 years after the mine has been cut down. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, you know, the, the other thing about heat bleaches is, you know, we probably have, uh, you know, somewhere in the order of 75,000 to 100,000 ounces of gold in inventory in the leach pad right now. And, uh, you know, 20 years from now, we'll stop stacking on the pad and we'll leach gold for probably five to 10 years after. So, you know, it uh, really doesn't, you don't know exactly what you've got until uh, years after the leach pad has been shut down. I appreciate that. Uh, the fortunate thing is we get about 80% of the gold in the first 50 or 60 days. So, you know, that's... Uh, and, you know, as we 
um, get more material on the pad, we'll get closer to steady state gold production. So we expect, and again, those little, those metallurgists that tinker with the numbers, expect we'll achieve, you know, pretty much steady state operations uh, sometime in the third or fourth quarter of this year. Right. And that'll, that'll start to take some of the seasonality out of the production. But, you know, if we don't stack, even if it's just for a month, you'll always see some seasonality. For, for sure. And I'm just wondering, as a, as the CEO, as the, you know, as the board, what are the decisions you make around issuing guidance based on that? Because you've, you've kind of got three months where you're come on, slight, slightly out of control, right? You, you, you've got to make, a, you've got to make, a plan, you've got to make your planning and implementation and the other nine months. So how do you adjust what you tell the market as a result? Yeah, that's very difficult and a good question. You know, we had a board meeting uh, yesterday and that was uh, a topic of discussion. And, uh, you know, uh, some board members feel we shouldn't be providing guidance until we've got some more experience with the leach path. Others feel we have to provide guidance because, uh, you know, the market expects it. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll put out some guidance, uh, here in the next, uh, six to eight weeks, but, you know, we're going to be very careful. And, uh, you know, I've been paying close attention to, uh, people's results in the fourth quarter. And, uh, I think everybody has learned a lesson from Agni Coligo. You know, they all underestimate in their guidance so that they can come out with numbers that, uh, are better than guidance. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate of that, but uh, that's what the market forces you to do. Right. So, I mean, obviously you had a bit of a problem with that yourself last year in the sense that you kind of late starting off, right? Yeah, I think you said you were in a, crack, I can't remember the phrase you used, but you're saying basically you kick things off in July, right? Which suggests that anything before that was sort of, you weren't in a sort of economically ready state uh, to actually start um, putting numbers out there, right? So it, it was a kind of tough start, COVID, then impact Q3. And then Q4, you've kind of got back to where you think you need to be. And you're saying to me, that should give us some indication of where you think things could be in 2021 on, on a steady state. Correct. Okay. Okay, fine. Um, th thanks for that. I just know it's in interesting to understand how you guys are coming at the, the, the stacking, uh, there. Can we talk? Let's talk finance, right? Orion. So you, you made an announcement, um, about the board deal with Orion. I mean, tell me about it. Well, it was, uh, a secondary financing by Orion. You know, uh, uh, we had to put in a lot of work. But we never benefited a cent from it. Actually, it cost us legal fees to uh, help them with it. Um, so, you know, and uh, the, they sold down their position, which we were encouraging. You know, they were at 46. Now they're at 36. And, uh, you know, we had always suspected we weren't being included in some of the index funds or ETFs. Um, because we had this large shareholder at, you know, close to 50%. Um, 
And, you know, it turned out that was true. Uh, you know, we're now in the uh, ETF uh, as, uh, as of December. And I think that's because, uh, you know, we have Orion down around 36% as a shareholder. So you're on the GDX site, so, which, which is great. I mean, certainly in terms yeah. of li- liquidity. Um, as I say, you know, shares are down from where when we last spoke. Do you think? How do you think the market perceived Orion selling down, whatever it is, eleven odd, odd percent? Do you think they've? Do you think they saw it negatively, or do you think you other factors are at play? Well, I think you know. Again, I think the share price drop for Victoria is primarily related to missing guidance, and um, you know. I don't think anyone should think Orion selling down is a, a negative on the because they're not happy with the operations. You know, they they this has been a very successful investment. You know, they were part, you know, loaned us the money to build the mine. They participated in equity financing to support building the mine. And essentially they've been paid back in full yet they're still a 36% owner. So, uh, you know, in a sense, they're playing with house money now. Right, okay. So people shouldn't look at that as a negative and say that that was actually something you arrived at, a decision you arrived at together and it's benefited you because now you think um, industries are I wouldn't are say together. To I mean, I wouldn't say we arrived at it together. You know, they're an autonomous organization and they're in the business, uh, different business than we are. Um, I, you know, again, I would say we encouraged it because uh, we'd like to see them down even further. You know, nobody likes a big gorilla shareholder. Um, but, uh, you know, so, you know, the, but uh, I would think if you talk to Orion, they would say they're still a very happy shareholder of Victoria. Okay, okay. Um, let's carry on with the finance discussion. So the $200 million credit facility to refinance out um, the, the project debt. You, we talked about it last time and you were umming and ahhing because you're like, well, it could cost us as much as a million bucks just to kind of put all the paperwork in place and legal fees, etc. So you're trying to work out whether you should or you shouldn't. You've done it. Why? What was the upside? Yeah, I mean, much lower interest rates, uh, you know, with, you know, we're now primary lenders are not private equity firms, uh, you know, so it's two Canadian banks and a French bank. Um, But the key is in 2021, it saves us more than $10 million Canadian. Right. Okay. So, you know, even though it cost us, you know, more than a million dollars in legal fees and banker fees and that sort of thing, it's well worth it. So, so that's ten million bucks in twenty twenty one. Does how much does it save you overall? Or was that the number? Well, it's always difficult to say because you don't know exactly what the interest rates are going to be. And how quick, you know, you don't know what the gold price is going to be, but, you know, that certainly affects our ability to repay it. But, you know, there's uh, roughly, you know, 75 million in a, in a, 
um, that will pay down this year, depending on gold price. You know, so as you said, it was, uh, you know, two facilities and one was the 100 million and the other we drew down to 75 million. And we've already made a $20 million payment on the revolver. Okay, so there's some kind of like variable interest payment. Um, pr- price of gold is, is that, is that involved in how they calculate the, your debt repayments? Or are you just saying because of that time, you, that will determine how much you make and therefore how much you can pay down in any one year or quarter? Yeah, the latter. Okay, okay. So it wasn't too complicated. Fairly vanilla. Interest rates not tied to the gold price at all. Fairly vanilla. Okay, fine. Um, appreciate that. So let's let's talk about what you're going to do this year. We, we talked about Q1 in terms of its, you know, the difficulties around Q1 and, and production. You 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 cracked eighty percent of the the abrasive ore element. You've got the money in place and you're refinanced. In fact, you're you're better off as a result. So that's all good. The market cap's not T sharp. You're around eight eight hundred million bucks ish. I appreciate that it's down, but people are going to be expecting a growth story from you. Is this gonna are you gonna be able to deliver that this year in Q3, Q4? In terms of growth in terms of uh acquiring more things or growth in terms of increasing gold production? Well, I, su- I suspect initially your, your current shareholders want you to in- increase gold production, cash, and drive that share price. That would be a starter. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're still focused on getting Eagle optimized. We think, you know, we'll get to year-round stacking. That alone adds forty to 50,000 ounces per year to our annual production. Um, you know, we think there's uh, some opportunities on the mining and leach pad to increase throughput through the crusher and then you know that in turn increases production but you know a lot of those modifications won't get done uh, till later in the year so they won't affect 2021 but they certainly will have an impact on future years so you know we think there's opportunity to go from 200,000 ounces per year uh, over the next three years to maybe as high as 275,000 ounces per year, just through tweaking operations. So you're always straight with me, John. And, you know, I think you you, you were set like it is, right? So tell me this. Do you think 2021 is a year of tweaking things in the operations to get yourself to a point where you understand how to operate this site, how to process it, and how to maximize the the recovery rates. And then we should really be looking towards 2022 as the year that things start moving. Yeah, I think 2022 will be a really good year. Again, it depends on gold price, but certainly from the operations point of view, everything will be bedded down by then. You know, we're still learning... Uh, about the leaching operation this year. Um, you know, we've also got uh, a few, you know, uh, sustaining capital items we have to do this year. We postponed from last year building a truck shop, for example, uh, because of COVID. Um, so that's coming into the budget this year. 
Uh, we're to a point where, you know, build a water treatment plant. So that was always known. We didn't need it right at the beginning, but it was known we'd have to put it in place in 2021. So this is a fairly high sustaining capital year for us. And then that falls right off for the next five years uh, going forward. Well, okay. Well, there's another topic you've hit on is if you're going to make this an attractive takeout target, okay, you're going to need to extend the life of mine. So can you talk to me about what you're doing on that front? What's what's happening with the drill bit? Are you exploring elsewhere? Are you sticking close to what you know? I mean, how are you approaching it? Yeah, two things. Uh, You know, the current plan for the open pit takes it down to, you know, just over 300 meters over the life of mine. Now, you know, we've drilled, I think, six holes down to 600 meters, and we know the mineralization continues. Um, So, you know, at current gold price, the pit, it would probably make sense to have a deeper pit. So we are going to um, drill off the ore body at depth. So, you know, from below 300 meters down to plus 600 meters uh, for two reasons. Some of that may be ore now, and it may make more sense to, you know, increase our stripping ratio right now so that we can go deeper. Um, And then the other thing is, as you said, from, you know, making the uh, the company an attractive takeover target. We'd like to get, you know, uh, credit for those ounces in the future. So that's Eagle. But then we also have a very large land package, over 550 square kilometers. And it's only the last three years we've started to step out from Eagle and look at the regional potential. We've now done airborne geophysics across the entire land package. And where we had anomalies, we've done ground geophysics and ground geochem. And we've, uh, you know, found, I think it's roughly 14 high priority exploration targets. Right now, we're focused on an area out to the east called Nugget. It's another large granodiorite intrusive with very similar characteristics to the uh, intrusive that hosts Eagle. Uh, And as a matter of fact, in 2019, we made a new discovery out there, which we've called Raven, which is on the southeast corner of that granodiorite intrusive. Um, Very interesting, early days, but we see multi-gram intercepts there over large areas. Now, we did have a a small program uh, last summer that, again, was impacted by COVID. We never got into the field until mid-July. But uh, we're planning a roughly $10 million program for this year. Uh, We've got two camps out there. We've got three drills. So we'll be back out there uh, in early April. And uh, most of that $10 million is focused on drilling Raven. Okay. And we should expect to see sort of steady flow of uh, assay results from that, should we? Yeah. I mean, you know, 
all the Canadian producers have experienced delays in uh, lab times this year, again, <laughs> related to COVID. You know, government uh, paid people to stay at home, so uh, the labs had a hard time gearing up um, this year. But hopefully that those problems are behind us and, uh, you know, the labs will be right up to speed in 2021. Okay, well, I'm glad you're not forgetting the exploration component because, as you say, you get a big pile of land there. Um, there's some blue sky. It's, you want to capture some of that value if you, if you do get to the point where you, you flip this or someone comes along and acquires you. So I think that's the last question from me is, do you think the market understands what your production numbers are going to look like for Q1. And you've done enough work to say, look, here's where we come from. There's the process we're going through. Q1's always going to be tough. And, you know, we are planning for that each year. And we will reach a point where we can be 12 month a year um, stacking, but we're not there yet. Do you think, or is it going to come as a surprise to them? And what, what, how would you say you've handled that conversation in the market? Yeah, I'm concerned it's going to come as a surprise. You know, certainly the five analysts that cover us understand it. So hopefully they'll help us get the message out to uh, investors and shareholders. Um, and, you know, I'll continue to do interviews like this and try and uh, get that message across to people. Okay. So, okay. So people, you, you'd say, you look past the first quarter. We understand what the issues are. We're, we're resolving them and we, we know what we're doing. Look out further as to the, the size of the prize. That, that, that's the first thing you'd say. Is it? Yes. Okay. Just joking. <laughs> um, and that um, with the expiration um, information, information assay results, when they do start to come through, that could also give some of the kind of blue sky component to, to this story, but which perhaps it hasn't paid much attention to of recent uh, times. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. John, appreciate your time today. As ever, lovely to talk to you. Um, and I love the candor. Uh, Want to see what you do this year. Should be, you know, could be, could be a good year for you if everything kind of falls into place. Yeah, I think uh, we're set up for a good year this year. And, you know, this has uh, been a timely interview. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.